4: This is True News, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help us God. I'm Rick Wiles. Today is Thursday, February 22nd, 2024. Russian officials at the highest levels in Moscow sent chilling new warnings to NATO nations that an Armageddon-like nuclear war is a very real possibility. Let's start with President Vladimir Putin's joyride. On a Russian nuclear bomber, as you see this headline by the London Telegraph, Putin takes personal flight on new nuclear bomber. We showed you this um, scene yesterday that he was inspecting the bombers, uh, but later, it had not been reported yesterday, that he actually went on board one of the nuclear bombers. Oh, it's more
0: than that. He flew it. He was the pilot? Yeah, he sat in the co-pilot seat. Okay, I got video of that here. All right, let's here. watch. Let's well, watch. This is him go. actually going on board the uh, uh, Russian nuclear bomber and everything, taking off and everything. And so, uh, but uh, is he like Lane Maxwell? He can fly a nuclear bomber, yeah, also. Hey, I wouldn't put it past him. And so, but we have another video here. Uh, this is from RT. They they produce this with music and everything, Rick. There's Vladimir Putin in the co-pilot seat over there. Actually, he's in the pilot seat. Doc, any uh, subtle propaganda messages in this video? I, I would say this message is overt, Rick. It's not subversive. It's overtive. It's saying to President Biden, who can't climb a flight of stairs, that he can fly a nuclear bomber.
4: And would be more than willing to fly one over the North Pole. Right. (laughs) It's another message. They're not doing this just to mess with our heads. They they are repeatedly telling the West, we are prepared to wipe out Western civilization. They know the gravity of the decision. They know (laughs) that if there's any survivors... They're going to record that Russia was forced to take an extreme action, and it resulted in the destruction of Western civilization. And they continue to send the messages. But over here in the West, it's just blown off. Because yes. I have more Putin propaganda.
0: They're not going to do anything.
4: Well, once you figure out that that idea is wrong, it's too late. That's right.
0: Well, another uh, article out of RT. This is from uh, our, one of our favorites, uh, Dmitry Medvedev, And he had this to say today. Arming Ukraine with F-16s could trigger, folks, nuclear war. And, I mean, this <laughs> – Dmitry Medvedev does not pull any punches anymore. He is right out as, as overt as Putin is now. Supplying Ukraine with F-16 fighter jets uh, poses a risk of triggering a nuclear conflict. That's coming from former Russian President Dmitry Medvedev. NATO, NATO members states uh, NATO member states are currently training Ukrainian pilots to operate F-16s ahead of the expected transfer of those aircraft. Kiev has been asking for the Western fighter jets for months, saying they were needed to combat Russian air superiority. But Medvedev says an accidental, unintentional outbreak of a nuclear conflict is not something to be discarded, which is why all those machinations around Ukraine are dangerous. He said this in an interview with uh, Russian journalists and quoted by Toss. The deputy head of Russia's National Security Council, which uh, who uh, Medvedev uh, sits, cited the U.S.-designated aircraft as a possible trigger, noting that Kiev wants them despite having no ground infrastructure to operate them. So if one of those planes takes off from a NATO nation on a Ukrainian mission, what would that be? An attack on Russia. I shall not describe what could happen next, he said. Such a development may not even be sanctioned by the NATO leadership and the U.S. And he's got a good point, Rick. There is no ground infrastructure. There's no, uh, there are no runways, crews, no runways. So they rain. have
4: to leave from Poland or, or Lithuania Moldova, or, Moldova, or Latvia or yeah. someplace. Right. And what Medvedev is saying is when that happens – we interpret that as a NATO attack on
0: Russia. Right. And that could trigger, and he says, that could be the trigger point for a nuclear war. We need to, um, we need to refresh our
4: knowledge of when the expected deliveries of F-16s will, would occur. They've been talking about this for a long time. Uh, so I don't, I don't know what the current projected delivery date is and the training of pilots. But that would give us that would give us a clue of when we can expect action. Now, another note, Doc: the uh, the German Parliament today voted against
0: supplying uh, long-range missiles to, to Ukraine. The, we're seeing this as a trend now. We've seen other, you know, countries kind of drop in that line. Some have been donating their entire weapons forces, but, but others, others are backing saying, off. Right. By the way, uh, that timeline, according to Newsweek, is supposed to be in the second quarter of this year. So between March and May, we would say, at this point. Okay. I'm going to compare that to
4: the German war plan, the one that was leaked last month. Right. What was their timeline of when they thought action could take place? Because you've got the uh, the NATO... Uh, war drill goes until may so are they going to deliver f-16s while the war drill is still underway
0: well uh newsweek is saying here that they were counting on uh ukraine's most advanced group of f-16 pilots to be fully trained on jets by this spring although some of the training could stretch into 2025 and so it's possible that they have that training going on through 2025 maybe they will uh locate the F-16s in a NATO nation and allow the Ukrainian pilots to prepare. But that doesn't happen Mm -hmm. until 2025 when they are active in the theater. So we shall see. Yeah, this next article published uh, in
4: London, Russia threatens to shoot down NATO planes over the Black Sea, which would trigger Article 5 of the NATO charter. And this article is based on an interview... In a French publication, and the the person who was interviewed was the minister of defense, their their secretary of, of defense, and um, I've got a uh, I've got a shot of the of the magazine website. This is the English version, and um, Europe's security depends on a Ukrainian victory, says Sebastian Le Corneau. and then we'll read. I want to read. Uh, One or two quotes from this interview. It's a long interview, but in particular, we want to zero in on one or two quotes from the
0: French defense minister. So let's go ahead and look at this, Doc. So it says that the uh, Minister of Armed Forces, uh, Sebastian Le said Russia is not only waging this war on the military front. The minister recently spoke of threats and sabotage attempts against our own armies. He said, quote, Russia's behavior in 2024 is no longer at all the same as what we experienced in 2022. This can be explained by the fact that Russia is in difficulty on the battlefield in Ukraine. You have Russian takeover attempts. Right, that's
4: this, this, this before we go into the next one. Sort through the propaganda there. Um, I don't know what reality this guy's in. Right. The one thing that he said is true, Russia's behavior in 2024 is no longer at all the same as, it, as what we experienced in 2022. Yes, that's true. The Russians are fed up. Yes. We're now... In, we've entered the third year of this war. And the Russians are talking about nuclear war. They're no longer talking about capturing Donetsk. They're talking right. about nuclear war with the West. So, yes, their their attitude, their behavior has changed. But it's not because of loss. That's the propaganda. He says this can be explained by the fact that Russia is in difficulty on the battlefield. Really?
0: They just took Advikia uh, this past yes. week. And Ukraine has been complaining about that. We're we're losing ground here. They're they're calling up 17-year-olds now. Yeah,
4: I don't think think, uh, Russia has 55-year-old soldiers right now being drafted. Right. By the way, Ukraine, uh, Zelensky said today that Americans are now welcome to join the National Guard of Ukraine.
0: (laughs) We'll see how many Americans run over there. Well, a month ago, a Russian air control system threatened to shoot down French planes in the Black Sea. It's as old as the Cold War. We have the return of Russia positioning particularly if aggressive. Russia plays with thresholds of aggress- aggressiveness, Lacorno said. So they're aware, but it's NATO that's doing uh, the uh, that's causing the issues here. They keep poking the bear poking the bear, poking the bear, hoping to get a response from Russia at some point. So
4: the way he views um, these, these things is, uh, hey, uh, last month a Russian air control system threatened to shoot down French planes in the Black Sea. That's, that's just old Cold War mentality. Mm-hmm. That's the way he's viewing it. There, are the, the minds of the NATO leaders, are they still stuck in the 50s and 60s? Are they still fighting the Cold War? Because Russia's not talking about the Cold War. They're talking about a very hot war. Yes. They're talking about wiping out the Western civilization. And these guys are talking about, well, that's just old Cold War mentality. We know what they're up to. They've de- they did that before in the 50s. This isn't, you're not dealing with Khrushchev. You're dealing with Putin and Medvedev. And Khrushchev never got inside a Russian nuclear bomber. Right. Putin did. Putin just showed the whole world, I'm prepared to fly this baby over the North Pole and take out Washington, D.C.
0: If I have to deliver it myself. If I have to deliver it myself.
4: And, and so how is our fearless leader here in the United States, how is he dealing with this very dangerous situation here's the london times this is the headline of the london
0: times I, that's
4: what it is folks yep. uh, joe biden denounces putin as a crazy sob yes. okay so um but the times uh, spelled it out that's what joe biden said yes and the, the russians are looking at biden saying we're dealing with a crazy senile old man and we don't even know who
0: has the launch codes. Right. We don't know that. We don't know if President Biden has them or not. So uh, President Biden has called Vladimir Putin a crazy SOB, prompting a furious response from the Kremlin. This is the London Times saying this, which accused him of debasing the United States. The row started after Biden made his remarks during a fundraising event in San Francisco on Wednesday evening as he discussed the risk of nuclear conflict from the russian leader and other autocrats in a brief address to a small group of reporters he said we have a crazy sob like that guy putin and others and we always have to worry about nuclear conflict but the existential threat to humanity is climate (laughs) yes you read you heard that right it's not nuclear war it's climate it's it's the it's the weather rick Well, this uh, remark uh, provoked an immediate response from the Kremlin. Dmitry Peskov, uh, Mr. Putin's spokesman, said it was a poor attempt by Biden to appear like a Hollywood cowboy. He said that the use of such language against the head of another state by the president of the United States is unlikely to infringe on our president, President Putin. It debases those who use such vocabulary, he said. Has Mr. Putin ever used one crude word to describe or to address you, meaning President Biden, this has never happened. Therefore, I think that such vocabulary debases America itself.
4: So Mr. Biden thinks our greatest threat is climate change. Yes. Well, in one more sense. Than nuclear, more than nuclear conflict. In, in one sense, he's he's right, Doc. I'm afraid of a nuclear winter.
0: <laughs> yes, that's the climate change you really need to be worried about. But they would welcome that. Remember the stories we did on that? That yes, having a nuclear winner would actually help us. Yeah, so that's assuming that these idiots
4: survived the nuclear war. They're so deluded. They're so <laughs> insane. So filled with arrogance and pride that they think they will survive a nuclear war. They really believe it, Doc, that they're going right. to survive it. But climate change,
0: yeah, a a nuclear winter, that's something you should be concerned about. And Medvedev also had uh, some words to say and responded to uh, President Biden's remarks. Uh, He said that, uh, well, the deputy chairman of the Security Council, Medvedev, called U.S. President Joe Biden a threat to humanity. A threat to humanity, Joe Biden. Thus, the uh, politician reacted in X to the speech of the American leader in which he, in particular, attacked Russian President Vladimir Putin. As you recall, Biden in his speech at the campaign event uh, spoke insultingly about Putin, but nevertheless concluded that the existential threat to humanity is the climate. Now, listen to what Mvedev said here. He said, contrary to what the U.S. president said, the exi- existential threat is not the climate, but useless old men like Biden himself who have fallen into insanity and are ready to start a war against Russia. That's the real existential it's threat, real. according to Mvedev.
4: It's hard to believe that this is really happening. I keep waiting, okay, I'm going to wake up. This is a long dream, I'm going to wake up and everything's going to be okay. But doc, we have a senile old man in the White House who is not in control of the nation. There's a shadow group running the country. Barack Obamas in the shadows. Biden is not the man in charge. And we're pushing Russia to the breaking point. And it's like, this can't be happening. But it is. It, it is happening. And everybody who is aware of it, I think, I think we're all hoping somehow, somehow people of calmness and reason and statesmanlike qualities suddenly appear and go, hey, this has gone too far. Let's work this out. We're not going to blow up the planet. But that's not happening. No, it's not. We don't have any statesmen. And we're headed towards blowing up the planet. Uh, the head of, of Ukraine's security, he told the European nations, okay, I'll just tell you how I feel about it. Give us all your weapons. Yes, just give it all to us. He literally said it. Yeah. Give us all your heavy weapons. Now, wait until you, you hear why he said give us all your weapons.
0: All right. So uh, the EU should donate all its heavy weapons to Ukraine. That's coming from Ukrainian National Security Council Chief Alexei Danilov, claiming that the arms will, in any case, be useless in future conflicts. Do you understand what this man said?
4: What this Ukrainian freak said... To the NATO nations is just go ahead and give us all your tanks, your aircraft, your artillery, your everything you've got. Give it to us because
0: they're, they're going to be useless in the next war.
4: You, well, he's saying you're not even going to use them in the next war. Yes. Let's use them now because the war that you're going to be in, Europe, is going to be nuclear. Yes. And you're not going to be using these tanks. So
0: give us the tanks now. So here's the actual quote by Danilov here. He says, this issue needs to be tackled now. We have great experience, and we understand that Europe will not need those guns, tanks, infantry fighting vehicles, and other hardware for its next war. They urgently need to donate them all to us, as Denmark did. The, the brazenness
4: of this guy is, is, is astounding. Give us all your give us everything you have in your arsenal. Everything. Just give it to us. We will use it on the Russians. Besides, by the time we get to the big war that you're going to be in, you're not going to be fighting the Russians with tanks. Right. You're going to be fighting them with nukes. So just go ahead and donate everything you have in your national arsenal. Let us do the fighting on our end. Let us use up the, the, the old World War II stuff. Because World War III, it's going to go out in a nuclear blast. It's hard to believe these people are actually talking like
0: this. Give us everything. But, but then you have nations that are following suit on that. Denmark already has done it. Doc, the
4: level of insanity is beyond my comprehension. I can't. I, I'm, I'm out of words. I don't know what to say. About this level of stupidity and insanity, it's like this is it can't be happening. Like this is this is a bad bad movie. This is like a poorly written movie, low budget movie. Nothing like this could happen, but it is. Oh, it, you yeah, had the security no, chief like a, of Ukraine.
0: A, it's like it's a parody of World War Three. About it, this, it couldn't possibly happen this way. And yet it is that, that nations that the that Ukraine is asking, give us all the weapons in Europe. Just give it all to us, and we'll fight the Russians. You guys don't need them. <laughs> you guys won't need them at all. It's Just go big, ahead and give it to us. Yeah,
4: because the big war that's coming is going to be biological, chemical, nuclear, scalar-directed. You guys won't need that stuff. Just give it to us right now. So the next article is Reuters: Iran sends Russia hundreds of ballistic missiles. Now, in the West, the Western viewpoint is this is bad. This is bad, bad, bad. Iran needs to be punished. Russia needs to be punished. Reuters says Iran has provided Russia with large numbers of powerful surface-to-surface ballistic missiles, six sources told Reuters. Iran's uh, provision of around 400 missiles— includes many from the FETA-110 family of short-range ballistic missiles. Three Iranian sources said the road-mobile missile is capable of striking targets between 186, 435 miles apart. The shipments began in early January. Um, An Iranian military official, uh, who asked not to be identified, said that there had been at least four shipments of missiles and that there would be more coming in the weeks ahead. Another Iranian official said some of the missiles missiles were sent to Russia by ship via the Caspian Sea. Others were transported by plane. So, again, the, the Western politicians, the Western news media denounce stories like this. Look, Iran is supplying Russia with missiles. And yet they won't denounce. Denmark gave everything, <laughs> they gave everything that they had to, to Ukraine. Them. Why is one bad and one is good? Ukraine's defense chief says just empty your armories give us everything. But we're supposed to believe that Iran sending missiles to Russia is bad. In Russia, they're viewing they're viewing uh, the West sending missiles to Ukraine as extremely bad a threat to Russia. This is how you end up with world war, right? And nobody again nobody there's no leader no statesman saying let's lower let's lower the conversations let's sit down let's talk uh let's find a way to resolve this we don't need we don't need to blow up the planet
0: and there's no not even a pathway to that conversation right now
4: nobody there's nobody in congress there's nobody in europe there's no one
0: and if anyone dares speak up and
4: say they say get crushed done, that's right Meanwhile, Bloomberg is reporting that the International Monetary Fund is going to wire $900 million
0: to Ukraine. Yeah, this is a part of nearly a $16 billion commitment that the U.S. Uh, that U.S. is called a loan. But this is the latest delivery that what if they have to go down to the Ukrainian bank and, you know, uh, pick up the wire and everything. And, and
4: where so. does the IMF get its money? Do they own a business or something? Is it profit, $900 million profit that the IMF made? No, it, it comes from the American taxpayers. That's right. So once again, you and I are working and paying taxes so that we can send Zelensky $900 million, compliments of the IMF. Next story, AT&T, Verizon, and T-Mobile customers hit by widespread
0: cellular outages in the USA. This is NBC um, so, pretty, if you were having cell phone issues earlier today, uh, this was a story that is related to that. Now, c- cyber attack or or
4: a solar flare?
0: Well, that's the uh, that's the question at hand. Now, uh, uh, there's a number of retail businesses out now uh, out of uh, communication right now, Rick, around the country that they're blaming on a cyber attack. However, uh, there was a massive solar flare during the night last night. Okay, and so are they blaming a you know a cyber attack on a solar flare? And if you have any question about it we we we've got a report. It's the only report I could find on this today, Rick, that's in video form uh, that reported on the solar flare overnight. And so let's I mean,
4: uh, you know, a solar flare is kind of like nature's EMP. That's right. and so so did we just have a mini mini EMP? Let's watch this video.
5: Good morning, Oklahoma. Maybe you're looking at your phone and it's saying SOS. What's going on? My husband had that this morning and he's freaking out. And I was like, did you did you do your phone updates? No, this is all happening at 3 a.m. So we did that coming to work. He's not the only one, guys. If you're experiencing that, it may be a result of space weather. Okay, I'm going to do my best to explain what's going on. Let's go ahead and take a look. So, there was a strong solar flare event that happened just after midnight, and they actually captured an image of it right here, okay? I had to look up this scale. I wish I knew everything about space weather. That's a whole different specialty. But R3, that's for radio communications, it's on a scale of one to five, and three is pretty bad. That means it impacts radio communications for a few hours after this happens. And so right now that could be impacting some of our technology. And sadly, we're entering a solar maximum where we're going to see more and more solar storms, solar flares. And it's never happened in this time of human history where we're relying on technology like we have never before. So interesting time hopefully they'll fix it but the good news is at least when you're on wi-fi you should be able to still text and call people right but there is an effect on radio it peaked right after midnight and there you go a flare is an eruption of energy you have the electromagnetic waves shooting towards the earth at the speed of light so it's almost immediate impact on the light side of earth where the sun lights up and so there you have it We'll see, the ionosphere is protecting us from all this stuff, but it can't interrupt radio communication. So, Doc... What?
4: Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Just that is a typical uh, morning show report. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just a. oh, and we had a solar flare last night, it could have disrupted entire communication, but you'll still have Wi-Fi. Sister, you won't have Wi-Fi. You won't have nothing. You won't be able to see anything. Doc, we're in our
4: 25th year with this ministry, this program. But before I started this program in 1999, uh, back in 98 and through 99, early 2000, I often proposed the, the idea, what if when we reach the point of a confrontation with Russia and China, because I've seen this coming for 25 years, right? I've been talking about this for a quarter of a century. But I propose back in the late 90s, what if when we reach the point where we're just ready to have a nuclear war with Russia and China, there's a massive solar flare and the communications in America are fried At the very moment, the war is ready to start. I proposed that 25, 26 years ago.
0: That God himself would intervene. Yes,
4: Not to help us.
0: Right. But to protect the rest of the world. Well, to neutralize
4: us, we would be taken out. We would have no defenses. That was my proposal. What if satellites are fried? By a solar flare. What if the Pentagon satellites get fried by a solar flare what if there are major electrical outages and communication outages in North America at the very moment the Russians and the Chinese and the North Koreans and the Iranians are ready to launch a massive attack on the West and it doesn't affect them and they look over at us and they go they're down they're down let's take them that's something everybody should think about if the Lord Himself causes America to go dark at the moment America thinks it's going to pulverize Russia, you you need to be very serious about this possibility. It, it's not like our country has a lot of standing in heaven right now, right.
0: I mean, what's our defense? What is our defense as a nation? it's not our righteousness it's not our mercy it's not any of those things the only thing we have to show for is our sin that's really it
4: and a lot of nations that we've been bombing for the past 20-30 years and so there's destruction all over the world complements of the U.S. war machine so the Bible says God will not be mocked whatsoever a man soweth that shall he reap and a nation is just a large collection of men so don't, God will not be mocked. Uh, whatsoever a nation soweth, that shall it reap. Yes. We have sowed bloodshed and destruction all over the world. And it's going to come back to us. And uh, God have mercy on us. Uh, I want to show you uh, – there, there's a, an animation on – I saw it on Twitter I don't know who made this animation, but to give you an idea of what the Zionists have done to the Palestinians, this is this animation shows a map of Gaza. And if you go back to, let's say, November, the Zionists told the, the people in northern Gaza, you need to flee south. They would flee south and then the Zionists would bomb them in the place that they fled. Right. Then they tell them again, you need to move farther south. Then the Zionists would bomb them in the place of refuge. That's not by mistake. It's not accidental. It's deliberate. Netanyahu was sending innocent people, including elderly women and children, sending them into a kill zone. Deliberately sending them into a kill zone to wipe them out. Let's watch this uh, animation. So if you look to the right, that's North Gaza. Let's say, let's go back to November. They start hitting North Gaza. And so people
0: move south into the middle of Gaza. What happens next? They start bombing there. And then, then they, they flee. Yes. And now they're in Deir al And once again, the IDF, Zionists strike. Now they move even further south. Uh, with the instruction of Israel. Yes, Not Israel's right?
4: dropping leaflets saying, move south. And they get bombed again. So where are the people now? They're in Rafa. They're in Rafa, and now there's a wall. They're walled in. They're like ducks in a barrel. Netanyahu's got them now. He's got them all down in Rafa. And can kill all of them. And he's a madman. And we may witness a greater Holocaust in the coming weeks than what we have seen for the past four or five months. And if a lot of American politicians got their way, then Yahoo would kill all of them. I'm going to show you a video of a Tennessee Republican congressman, Andy Ogles, conservative Republican congressman from Tennessee. He was approached in Washington by a voter who said, Congressman, you've got to you've got to stop sending money to Israel. They're killing the children. Watch this and listen to what the congressman said.
5: Hey, um, you've
2: seen
4: footage, footage
5: of-, of... children's bodies. That's my taxpayer dollars. I'm I, going, to you call, know what? going to bomb those kids.
0: Uh, so I think we should kill them all, if that makes you feel better. All right. Everybody, uh,
3: come, right. come hey, on. Right. You you on, on <laughs> <center>. <laughs> yes.
4: I think we should kill them all. The woman's talking about children. She said, I've seen videos of shredded children's bodies. And he's like, You did? Yes. I, I don't want my tax money being used for bombs to kill these children. He goes, I'll tell you what we should do. We should kill all of them. He's talking about children. Yes. That's Let's how watch deep it. This
0: deception is.
4: Watch it again. This is a Republican from Tennessee, Andy Ogles. Saying, kill all the children in Gaza. Let's watch.
5: You've, um, You've seen footage, footage of children's bodies, and that's my taxpayer dollars. I, I'm going to, you um, know what? going to bomb those kids,
3: so
0: I think we should kill them all. If that makes you feel better, right everybody, uh, right, <laughs> <on the podcast. laughs> yes.
4: he didn't say Hamas, right? He, he's talking about children. That's the delusion that's in America right now. Do we have a any kind of protective shield from heaven over America right now? if, If the same standards are applied to us, then God will stand back and allow the Russians to kill all the American
0: children. Right. If we're going to use that same standard, then God's response is, okay, all right, I'll kill them all. Will that make you happy? Just the arrogance of that. The arrogance of it. Not, not even being uh, a, just a standard run-of-the-mill politician saying, well, we're looking into all the considerations, blah, blah, blah. No, he says, we're going to kill them all. Does that make you happy?
4: So it's on record now. They're not bashful about it anymore, Doc. No. Kill the babies. Or kill the babies. That's what Zionism does to you. It turns your brain to mush and your heart to stone. None other than Elizabeth Warren. Doc, this is amazing. I never, I never dreamed of the day that I would be in agreement with Elizabeth Warren. Or I never dreamed of the day Elizabeth Warren would be in agreement with me. It's taken her a long time to, to get to my position. But this is Hadrat's newspaper in Israel. U.S. Senator Elizabeth Warren slams Netanyahu, calls for formation of Palestinian state. This war has been a disaster for Israel and Zionism. They're losing people. They're losing hardcore leftist politicians who used to be their strongest supporters. Right. Now the strongest supporters of Israel and Zionism are far-right Republicans. What are you going to do with that, folks? What are you going to do? Zionism has moved to the far-right Republican spectrum. The far-left Democrats have abandoned Zionism, but the far-right Republicans have embraced it and kissed it. Now what do we do? What are you going to do with that mess? Because the litmus test will be, if you're going to be a conservative Republican,
0: you're going to vote for war money for Israel. Yes, you're going to vote for baby killing. That's, That's what you're in favor of. Uh, Former MSNBC uh, host Mehdi Hassan appeared on a uh, podcast called Pod Save America uh, to talk about this change of landscape and politics in D.C. regarding Israel and this very topic that we're talking about, that now it's the folks like Bernie Sanders and and, – Uh, People like uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren and even Nancy Pelosi the other day. I don't know if you saw this or not, Rick. Nancy Pelosi the other day said she was questioned about all this, uh, uh, you know, military hardware that we're sending to Israel. And she said, well, none of that uh, military hardware is, uh, you know, I, I disagree with what's going on in Gaza. That was equipment we sent them already. She was... She was trying to have uh, her cake and eat it, too, right. with her statement. But, but we're sending a, missiles now. We're right. sending But bombs. those missiles aren't killing babies. It's old stuff that we sent before, basically, that's, that's killing babies. Okay,
4: they're still dead. <laughs> I, so I, what's
0: I in this video? On. Well, in this video, uh, Mehdi Hassan, who got, basically got ran off of MSNBC because of his support for Gaza, <laughs> uh, had this to say about the shifting political landscape in D.C. on Pod Save America. Watch this.
2: I think history will judge us very harshly if we continue voting for aid, if our elected representatives continue voting for aid to a government that is accused of war crimes, uh, whose ministers are talking openly about ethnic cleansing. I think that's a real problem. And, I, you know, if we were, if, if it was just the occupation, which is bad enough, like if it was pre-October 7th, maybe we could have some debate about, well, you know, the pros and cons of Ukraine aid versus Israel. I think in the middle of this right now, where we're not even ensuring a ceasefire or using any kind of leverage... I think it's a real problem. And I think, as I say, I think in years to come, this will be like the Iraq war, where now everyone's like, of course, we're, but everyone wants to say they opposed Iraq. You'll never find anyone who says they defended Iraq, apart from John Bolton. But- Everyone else is like, we never supported Iraq. And I think this, I think that's what Gaza is going to look like in 5, 10, 15 years from now. So I appreciate what Bernie Sanders and Peter Welch and Jeff Mertley did, as difficult as it is. And I'm sure in our labyrinthine process that we have in Senate and House, we can find another way to, we have to find another way uh, to get the right aid to Ukraine. The reality is the American public, if you poll them, how supportive are they of either? That's the reality. American voters will look at this stuff and they are kind of, what about us? What about the money at home. Now, I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but I mean, that is the political context in elections. Yeah, that kind of uh, America First nationalist argument is exactly what you're hearing from the MAGA Republicans. It's a powerful one, both currently and historically, and in, in other countries. I was surprised and kind of heartened by a recent Pew poll. That found 74% of Americans view the war in Ukraine as important to US national interests, and 59% said it was important to them personally. So that did make me think maybe they would be more open to aid than I thought. I mean, maybe you're, you know, you know probably talking 50%. And I don't have the polls to hand, Tommy, but there's also polling showing a lot of American support aid to Israel with conditions. Yes, yes. And don't forget, that's what U.S. law says. That's what the Leahy law says, that you can't just give aid willy-nilly to foreign militaries who are accused of committing war crimes.
4: Is there really that many Americans supporting the war in Ukraine? I don't believe it. I don't don't know anybody. I don't know anybody who's happy about us sending $100 billion to Zelensky. I, I just don't know. I, just, I
0: don't know who they're polling, Rick, really, honestly. I, I, I don't know who it is that they're polling. It can't be that high, and unless we're just really misreading the tenor of the American public right now. But based on what I'm seeing on social media and all these other places, people are either apathetic about it, which is the general right. view, yes. but there's nobody out there saying, more money for Ukraine.
4: I don't see it. I just don't see it. And the only people who are for uh Israel in the as far as in the United States, it's the hardcore Christian Zionists. Yes, that's, that's it. it. They're rabid. They they just they can't wait for this war to get bigger. But I don't hear anybody else cheering for Israel to kill babies. In fact, you know, I, I'm hearing people you know, who are saying they're very disturbed by the images that they've seen. They don't understand what's going on. Hey, let's take a break. We have an announcement from American Reserves. And don't forget, they are offering True News fans a 15% discount in the month of February. That offer expires on February 29. We'll be back in one minute.
3: I'm Jake, but my friends call me Mooshah. I'm a blacksmith, and I like to
0: work with my hands. i watch True News, and it's apparent to me that we are in World War III, and the US is very unstable.
3: I have faith in God, but he expects us to use our brains and our hands to prepare for troubled times. There are two things we need, food and water. That's why I buy my supplies from
1: AmericanReserves.com. American Reserves offers easy to prepare chicken and beef meals, pastas, soups, and vegetables that only need boiling water. You can purchase the world-famous British Berkfield gravity-fed water filters equipped with Dalton ceramic handles and other emergency supplies at AmericanReserves.com. My family's security is critical to me.
3: Something big is coming. Procrastination could be costly. Act today before a crisis suddenly appears. Be ready, be wise, go to AmericanReserves.com.
4: I took a look at the American Reserves website yesterday, Doc. I noticed they've they've got some new products, they've got some bundles, Yes. some things have changed. So if you haven't been there in recent uh, days or weeks, uh, take another look at AmericanReserves.com. Again, there is a 15% discount on your entire order. This offer is good in the month of February. Offer expires February 29. The promo code is true news. Let's talk about politics. Uh, the Hill uh, reporting uh, New York Attorney General Letitia James says she may seize Donald Trump's assets if he doesn't immediately pay the $355 million fine that she got a New York judge to levy on Donald Trump. This is so insane. Insanity is running the country now, Doc. Yes. I mean, this is, as, this is as insane as what we're doing in Ukraine, in Gaza, with the Russians. All of it is insane. It's like we've lost our mind as a nation. We really have. We've lost our mind. We've been taken over by people with reprobate minds. Yes. They have no concept of right or wrong. Nothing. They're, they're th- lunatics. It really, you know, the old adage about the, the lunatics, you know, taking control of the asylum. That's what I feel like. Like the normal people are now locked up and the lunatics are running the insane asylum. This is what we have here with Letitia James. She's a Marxist communist. No question about it. A Marxist communist. She's in the business of seizing wealth of wealthy white people. That's her plan. Yes. And I'm telling you, folks, if this movement is not stopped by the time we get into the late 2020s, the early 2030s, they are going to be confiscating large chunks of land from white Americans. You don't think this could happen, but it is happening. And Donald Trump is the first case. He's the he's the poster child of white America. That's the way they see it. Here's the poster child of white America. We're going to strip him down. We take everything he's got. We're going to break him, bankrupt him. And then when nobody comes to his rescue, we're going to go after his supporters. And we're going to take their homes, their farms, their ranches, their factories. And we're going to transfer their wealth, their real estate to illegal immigrants.
0: You've got it. Yes.
4: That's what's happening, folks. The whole case is so bizarre. There was no fraud. The fraud is in her mind. She's the fraud. Letitia James is the fraud. She should be prosecuted for fraud, for impersonating a lawyer. But you got a
0: judge to agree to it, Rick.
4: Well, he should be arrested for impersonating a judge. Who? Who would stay in New York? Not just the city, the state. Why would you stay in the state of New York? Who would invest money in the state of New York? Who would raise their children in the state of New York? There's no future there. If you're white and successful, they're taking it away from you. That's the message I get from Letitia James. Her message is, I'm a black communist Marxist and I've got power. And I'm going to wage lawfare against wealthy white Americans. And I'm going to strip you naked. And I'm going to give your wealth to illegal immigrants. You don't think they're not going to take that money and give it to illegal immigrants? Watch what they do. Well, they're already giving I know money. that, but watch what they, they're going to openly, consciously do it. They're going to say, we're going to build houses for illegal immigrants. They're putting illegal immigrants in schools. They're making the children stay at home so that the illegal immigrants can sleep in the schools. Yes. You don't even, your kids don't even deserve a school anymore. We're going to take your school from you.
0: The school you built with your tax dollars.
4: Anyhow, um, this next one, Newsweek. Oh, wait a minute. We got a uh, I'm sorry. This is a uh, this is a a sound clip from NBC um, of Letitia James preparing to seize Donald Trump's property.
1: We're going to turn now to the ABC News exclusive tonight after Donald Trump was fined nearly three hundred fifty five million dollars in his civil fraud case. Tonight, New York State's Attorney General Letitia James saying she's prepared to seize Donald Trump's assets, including his buildings, if he doesn't pay the money. ABC's Aaron Katursky, one-on-one tonight with the attorney general. Four days after a judge ordered Donald Trump to pay $355 million for a decade of fraud, New York Attorney General Letitia James says she's prepared to do everything she can to make sure the former president pays his fine, including, she told us, seizing the buildings that bear his name. If he does not have funds uh, to pay off the judgment, uh, then we will seek a... You know judgment enforcement mechanisms in court and we will ask the judge to seize his assets trump was held liable for exaggerating his wealth and inflating the value of his real estate so banks would give him low interest loans trump insisted the banks like doing business with him they said no victim no one got harmed the banks got paid back so no harm no foul why is that not the case in your view. So financial frauds are not victimless crimes. He engaged in this massive amount of fraud, and it wasn't just a simple mistake, a slight oversight. The variations were wildly exaggerated, and the extent of the fraud was staggering. Trump said the penalty against him would drive other businesses out of New York.
4: We'll appeal, we'll be successful, I think, because frankly, if we're not
1: successful, New York state is gone. But the state's attorney general told us she's not worried. And last I checked, tourism is up and Wall Street is doing just fine. Even with an impending appeal, Trump must either put all $355 million in escrow at the court or post, a portion of it as a bond with interest, And David, tonight, the attorney general is telling us she is determined to make Trump pay, even if it means seizing this building or others long in the Trump portfolio. David, Aaron Katursky with the exclusive interview tonight. Aaron, thank you.
4: I I said at the beginning, NBC, it was ABC. uh, That woman is a nutcase. She's a nutcase, but she's a dangerous nut. She's a committed Marxist communist. Right. I wouldn't step across the state line into new york now you're not safe you're not safe these are political crimes americans are now being prosecuted for political
0: crimes and suffering and suffering forfeiture as a result of political confiscation
4: speech. of private wealth
0: right for your political views
4: it's election interference by george soros yes Uh, Newsweek reporting Donald Trump accused of not having the cash to pay a $400 million bond. Uh, He's got to cough up $400 million right away. Yes. Uh, Or she's going to seize his real estate and sell it off. Uh, The clock is ticking. He asked a court today to give him 30 days to come up with the $400 million. There's no guarantee the court's going to grant the request, Doc. If the court says no, Letitia James was given a green light, seize the property. And at the best, Donald Trump has 30 days to either come up with $400 million cash as a bond, and the bond would be, he would be posting the bond for holding off the seizure of the property during an appeal process. Right. If he can't come up with the $400 million cash... She's going to take his real estate. She's going to sell it. There'll
0: be an auction. Yeah, there's no hold on his property while he goes through the appeals process. He, they, he has to post a bond on this.
4: Yes, and it requires $400 million cash for the bond. Not a promissory note, $400 million. The plan is to bankrupt him, to break him, to get this man to have a stroke, to commit suicide, to do something. Just get him out of here. That's the plan. But when they get rid of him, they're going after everybody who supports him. If it takes the next 10, 15 years, there will not be anybody left standing in America that will be a Trump supporter, a former Trump supporter. They will eliminate the entire MAGA base. They will take your wealth. They will take your bank accounts. They will take your homes, your farms, your ranches, your factories, your businesses. They will take it. He's the poster child. They take him down, you're next. Unless you tow the line. And even if you do toe the line, they'll probably... They're take still going to take it. They're still going to take you. Well, up north... Fidel Castro's love child, Justin Trudeau, he said that conspiracy theorists are threatening the mainstream news media. Well, thank you, Justin Trudeau. Thank you, Justin. (laughs) That that encourages me to know that True News is irritating you. And Rebel News and a lot of organizations, we're irritating you. We're, we're, We're making so much progress that you're you're now afraid that the mainstream see it's not mainstream. I, I don't even want to use that phrase. It's not mainstream. That people don't watch your stuff anymore. They don't care about your news networks. Do we get any clips of this guy? Yeah, we. Got All right, you, there's some. Oh man, there's some zingers in here. You got to hear what this this goon said. Let's watch the first one.
3: There is out there a deliberate undermining of mainstream media there are the conspiracy theorists there are the social media drivers who uh, are trying to do everything they can to keep people in their little filter bubbles to prevent people from actually agreeing on a common set of facts the way you know the cbc and ctv when they were our only sources of news you know used to used to and global used to project across the country at least a common understanding of things
4: We're 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 preventing people from accepting The narrative that the state-controlled news networks used to give the people. That's right. And he's upset about it because they've invested a lot of money and time in these propaganda networks. And now these propaganda networks have competition, real competition. It's David versus Goliath. We're on the David side. They're on the Goliath side. But Goliath went down. And he's saying, you know, we got to do something – People
0: don't believe our stuff anymore. Right. And in Canada, the three major networks are financed by the Canadian government. I mean, the the three major ones up there. It's the illusion of choice in Canada, but they're all funded by the Canadian government. And so did you happen to catch his phrase, the common set of facts? Yes. The narrative. As we
4: have drafted the narrative, we're telling you what is real. And these conspiracy theorists are telling you our version isn't real. Listen to what he wants to do. Here's the next one.
3: We're part of it. We're having conversations about it. We're trying to fix it. We're putting money towards local independent media. We're going to continue uh, to try and make sure that Canadians understand the importance of not being fooled. By misinformation, by disinformation, develop their own critical skills to, to, to resist that sort of stuff and highlight and come on shows like yours where people are asking tough questions and challenging people to actually reveal their own mm. core thoughts uh, and figure out whether or not we're going in the right direction as a country or not. Hey, sure.
4: Justin, we aren't fooled by your disinformation. That's right. That's what bothers you. We, the people, are no longer fooled by your disinformation.
0: That's right. And it, we have a lot of uh, Canadian friends that watch and listen to the program. He just called you an idiot. He's, he yes. just called you an idiot. Well, they think we're idiots. They think we're idiots. And, and You've been fooled by disinformation and misinformation.
4: No, we've figured out the game plan. Yes. And we also know you're Fidel Castro's love child. I think you should do... A paternity test, just to prove the conspiracy theory is not true. Right. Do a paternity test. Let's get some DNA from Fidel Castro. Check it with yours, and find out if Fidel Castro is or is not your father. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of evidence that leads people to believe that your mama was messing around with Papa Fidel.
0: Would you agree? If you do uh, side-by-side comparisons of pictures, they sure do look alike. Okay, uh, real
4: quick here. NBC News, now this goes back uh, February 7th. Florida Supreme Court hears arguments over an abortion rights ballot measure. This is going to affect us big time in Florida. Uh, the pro-abortion crowd have uh, they've gotten um, the, the, the petitions, uh, signatures, uh, nearly a million or so. Right. They have enough signatures to put on the ballot a constitutional amendment that would put the right to abortion in the Florida state constitution. The next step is that the Florida Supreme Court must review the constitutional amendment. That's the process in in Florida. A constitutional amendment cannot go to the voters until it's been reviewed by the Supreme Court. So if the Supreme Court, which is extremely conservative here in Florida, if they vote to allow it to go to The ballot ballot in November. It is going to bring out millions of leftist Democrats in the November election in the state of Florida. That could flip Florida from Republican to Democrat in November. You gotta take a break. Morning Matter coming up. Don't go away. We're teaching the Beatitudes.
2: We're listening to WWCR, International Shortwave Radio. You can find true news on frequency 12.160 from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern and on frequency 4.840 from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern. Connect with us on Rumble, Facebook, X, and Getter.
4: Hey, welcome back. Part 2, True News for Thursday. I uh, need to remind you, next week, we will be in Barcelona, Spain. Doc and I are going to uh, the Mobile World Congress. I haven't been there in five years. It was where we first started to learn about the, the, the technology revolution, um, the global brain scheduled for 2030, 5G, all those things we learned about in 2018 at the Mobile World Congress. So we're going, we're going back. And uh, I may have been it might have been the 2017 might have been my first one you know, because uh, I, think so, yes. I think it went to three of them, 17, 18 and 19 and then 20 was COVID. And we backed out at that one. Uh, it ended up being canceled. So we will be there. True News will be streaming from Mobile World Congress. We will be giving you reports. Uh, we'll, we'll do the same schedule, 12 noon Eastern time. And um we're either going to do 1 hour or 2 hours I don't know yet there will not be any morning mana next week because I just can't stop in the middle of the day because of the time zone difference can't stop in the middle of the day to do morning mana so we'll have to delay uh for 1 week but I do encourage you to watch next week and uh, Monday uh will be a, an interview uh it's actually an it's, it's actually an interview of me yes on another podcast J. So we're going to be releasing that on Monday and then Tuesday we'll be streaming Mobile World Congress. Here's Morning Manor.
2: As an American who keeps up with the real news, you know by now the severity of the economic issues that are plaguing our great nation. My name is Jonathan Rose, and I'm the CEO of Genesis Gold Group, the only major faith-driven company in the industry. 2024 is a year full of uncertainties, with trillions of dollars in national debt, inflation impacting your savings, and a pivotal election year. Your peace of mind is more valuable than ever. Now is the time to use physical gold and silver to preserve your hard-earned retirement savings with a gold IRA. Call Genesis Gold Group today. Our team has decades of experience helping folks just like you take their first step on the path to true financial freedom with a gold and silver IRA.
0: Call Genesis Gold Group today at 1-800-200-GOLD for a no-commitment, informative consultation with one of our experts to find out if we can be a good fit for you. Call now at 1-800-200-4653 or truenewsgold.com. Let's
4: pray, Father, our dear Heavenly Father. We love you and we thank you for this beautiful, awesome day. We rejoice and we're we're glad and we, we praise you, Father. We have a happy heart because you've told us how to be happy and that's what we're studying this week your recipe for happiness true happiness so father we ask the Holy Spirit to take charge of today's morning manna and feed us nourish us make us strong and mighty disciples in our Savior's kingdom in his name Jesus Christ we pray amen amen so, Doc,
0: uh, yeah, our verse is uh, verse 8. Okay, getting over there. So uh, so welcome to Morning Manna for everyone that's joined us around the world here uh, today. We do this every weekday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern time. So thank you for joining us. We are continuing our study in the Beatitudes here in the Sermon on the Mount. This is Matthew chapter 5, and uh, I'm reading chapter 5, verse 8. So if you've got your Bibles, read along with me here. And it reads... Blessed are the poor. Uh, excuse me. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. All right, so, what have what have we learned all
4: week? Um, since we started the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount addresses the attitudes, the behavior, the responsibilities of those who have entered into Jesus's kingdom. And have come under his lordship. Uh, The Beatitudes emphasize the discipleship under Jesus, that it's characterized not by adherence to a set of religious rules, but it embodies the character of Jesus himself. Yes. So the Beatitudes announce the true happiness. To those who live according to the principles of his kingdom and these are the attitudes and the characteristics of the citizens of the kingdom contrasted with the attitudes and the characteristics of those who are in the world we, we've learned that the the, the Beatitudes are their foundation of the new covenant commandments We've learned that the word blessed means happy. We've also learned that the Beatitudes are in sequential order. One follows the other. The Beatitudes give us a requirement and then gives us a blessing. The first one, the requirement is we must be poor in spirit. The blessing is theirs is the kingdom of God. That's the happy promise. Second one, the requirement is we must mourn. We must mourn our poverty of spirit. The happy blessing is they shall be comforted. The third is the requirement is citizens of the kingdom must be meek. Yes. The happy blessing is they shall inherit the earth. The next one is they must hunger and thirst for righteousness. The happy blessing is they shall be filled. The next requirement is we must be merciful. The happy blessing is we shall receive mercy. Then the next requirement is the citizens of the kingdom of God must be pure in heart. The happy blessing is. They shall see God. When we are poor in spirit, we have an awareness of our sinful state, our fallen nature. Only then can we be qualified to receive the kingdom of God. You cannot. You, can, What did Jesus tell Nicodemus? You must be born again. Right. If you are not born again, you... Cannot see the kingdom of God. So the first, the first step is this awareness, this recognition that we are,
0: we are destitute in our spiritual condition. We're not just good; we're wicked. <laughs> we're wicked. You see, and that's that's really a, a problem with Western Christianity. We we really don't think we're wicked. We really don't. I know uh because we're we're never we're never taught that really in a lot of ways western christianity has become a works-based uh religion Uh, i'm a good person i'm not as bad as that guy or, or 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 that no we're we're wicked we're not pure in any sense at all remember the ivory uh Uh, Soap commercials, Rick, 99.99% pure. It always bothered me. There was that 0.01% that wasn't pure. What's the dirty part? Ivory soap. (laughs) We've got a dirty part too. We are not pure at all. So um, if we were
4: as pure as ivory soap, we could not enter the kingdom of God. Right. We're still 0.01% unpure. That's right. How many times have you heard... You know, somebody passes away and um, a man or woman and people say, oh, he was a good man. I know he's in heaven. She was a good hearted woman. I know she's in heaven right now looking down on us. Look, if they were not saved, it doesn't matter how good they were. That's right. That's right. So when we are poor in spirit, we have an awareness of our sinful state, our fallen nature. Then we're qualified to receive the kingdom. When we are aware of our fallen state, we mourn. When we mourn, we are comforted. When we mourn over our fallen state, we become meek towards God and our fellow humans. And in our meekness, we inherit the earth. When we are meek towards God and man, we hunger and thirst for righteousness, which is found only by faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Thus, we are filled when we feed on him by faith and recognize that our righteousness was bestowed upon us, not earned by us. When we hunger and thirst for righteousness, it makes us merciful because we, we remember that we are poor in spirit. fallen a fallen nature and by the goodness of god not our goodness by the goodness of god our sins are taken away and we are made righteous by faith in jesus who is pure so when we are merciful we receive mercy and when we are merciful we are pure in heart and the pure in heart shall see god It it means that the pure in heart have exercised and received all the previous steps in the Beatitudes to be qualified for this blessing. They shall see God. Yes. The preceding qualifications purge the heart of sinful thoughts and deeds and motives. It's only after the purging of sinful desires will our spiritual eyes be open to see God? Yes. And the process requires us to recognize that our purity in heart is a gift for God, not a work of our will. Our, our verse today, Matthew 5, 8, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. So let's first identify the location of the purity spoken by jesus he did not say blessed are the pure that's true he said blessed happy are the pure in heart he clearly identified our heart as the place that must be pure now obviously He did not refer to the organ in our chest that pumps blood throughout our physical body. He spoke about our spiritual heart that pumps spiritual blood to our spirit man. Our spiritual heart is the seat of our thoughts, our desires, our motives, our morality. It is a composition of all three components of our soul, mind, emotion, and will, plus our conscience. yes, which is the most
0: important part
4: of our spirit.
0: You know that Greek word uh, for heart there cardia. Uh, it's also used and when we went to Jordan, we uh, learned this, uh, Our tour group learned this the center of Roman cities where the marketplace was, where all the roads kind of came together, where right. the shops were, where uh, the, the temples were arranged around the center of the city, but the center of the uh, of Roman cities, they were, it was called the cardia. It was the heart of the city. It was where all the activity, uh, the main activity of the city took place It's where if you were uh, all the major thoroughfares came through there, all the major trading, uh, uh you know points were there. it was the the activity of the city. it was the city. You couldn't really separate uh, the cardia of the city from the rest of the city uh, because it identified the city. And if you wanted to get to any other part of the city you had to go through the heart
4: yes through the cardia. That's right. So the Greek word for pure is catharis It's spelled K-A-T-H-A-R-O-S, Katharis. It means to be clean, clear, pure, free from impurities. And this Greek word is also associated with being purified by fire. Right. It's also associated with being like a vine cleansed by pruning to bear fruit. It, imparts no uncleanness. It's free from corrupt desire. It is free from sin and guilt, free from guile. It is unstained with the guilt of anything, unmixed, unadulterated, without any hidden motives or impurities. So when Jesus said, the pure in heart shall see God, It encompasses all those definitions. Let's talk about physical purity versus spiritual purity. The disciples who gathered with Jesus on the mountain had been educated by the Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes to focus on external purity. Jesus had to get that junk out of their heads. That's all they ever knew from the time that they first went to synagogue as a child. The emphasis was on external physical purity. Yes. The the Jewish religious rulers demanded the strictest adherence to their religious rules, regulations, customs, and rituals. They were the ones who would decide whether you were clean. Yes. They were in charge of the cleanliness department of Judaism. But Jesus condemned the scribes and Pharisees for their hypocrisy of demanding external purity while they themselves were inwardly filthy. Doc, would you uh, read Matthew chapter 23, verses 23 through 28?
0: Yes, sir. So Matthew 23, starting at verse 23 yeah, to 28. This is Jesus speaking. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy and faith. These ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone. You blind guides would strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you make the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion uh, and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is uh, within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. I know where you're going with this, Rick. For unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and all in cleanness. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. That's Matthew yes. 23, 23 through 28. Yes. So
4: twice Jesus used the word clean. The Greek word for pure is catharsis. That's the word that he used. Yes. It's in verse 26, you blind Pharisees, first catharos, first clean the inside of the cup and the platter, that its outside may become catharos,
0: clean also. Yes. It's the same word in Matthew 5, 8. Yes. So he he said, you're so
4: meticulous about your, your plates and your cups and your silverware and everything. You wash the outside, but you don't wash the inside. First, wash the inside. Then the outside will be clean. He wasn't talking about their cups and plates. He was talking about their hearts and their minds. Yes. He implied that the scribes and Pharisees were obsessed with the cleanliness of their cups and plates But their hearts were soiled with impurities, corrupt desires, sinful lusts, selfish motives, hidden motives, guile. When Jesus spoke of purity of heart, he was talking about the core essence of our being. Humans often look at other people's external appearance to make a judgment of them. But God looks inside each person he knows what we truly think and desire he knows our motivations for the things we do and say he judges the heart the pure in heart shall see god freedom from hypocrisy is closely related to purity of heart those who are pure in heart are also free from the deceit and pretense associated with hypocrisy. Luke uh, 11, verse 37 through 41. Um, Luke's telling the same story. Doc, would you read this one also? Luke 11, 37 through 41. Sure.
0: Turn in there now. All right, Luke chapter 11, verse 37 through 41. And reading from the King James here, And he spake, a certain Pharisee besought him to dine with him, and he went in and sat down to meet. And when the Pharisee saw it, he marveled that he had not first washed before dinner. And the Lord said unto him, Now do ye Pharisees make clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but your inward part is full of ravening and wickedness. Ye fools... Did not he that made that which is without make that which is within also? But rather give alms of such things as you have, and behold, all things are clean unto you.
4: Doc, when I uh, was working on this uh, lesson last night, it was verse 41 that jumped off the page at me. I've read this many times. Um, a, a, a modern English, Jesus said, Now, you Pharisees, cleanse the outside. There's that katharos. Right. It's the Greek word katharos. Cleanse the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You fools, did not he who made the outside? make the inside also then in verse 41, but give gifts to the needy, those things which are within and behold, all things will be clean to
0: you. Yeah. I'm looking at the comparison here. You're right. Doc, where did this come from? Why did he jump to alms for the poor? And did it, it, and it's of what things you have inside, it says yes but give for gifts
4: to the needy those things which are within and behold all things will be clean to you i probably need more time to to ponder this one but i'm going to tell you my my initial interpretation of it so the pharisees were astonished that jesus did not perform the ritual of washing his dishes and hands before reclining at the table to eat dinner So they they were offended. So this Pharisee was shocked. Well, Jesus was shocked too. But Jesus' astonishment was over the Pharisee's abhorrence of physical dirt while permitting his inner heart to be filthy. Jesus said the man's heart was full of greed and wickedness. That's what he accused him of, greed and wickedness. Mm. The Lord was very specific. You're greedy and you're wicked. I mean, this is not the best way to start dinner conversation.
0: (laughs) Well, they started it. They started it. (laughs) They did. I'm offended you didn't wash your hands. That's right. You, You think you're offended. Well, here's what I'm offended about.
4: Right. So Jesus said, did not he who made the outside also make the inside? then he gave the Pharisee an instruction, but give for gifts to the needy, those things which are within and behold, all things will be clean to you. What did Jesus mean? Well, the Lord had already described the man as greedy and wicked. I believe that Jesus implied that he knew the man had gained his wealth through greediness and wicked means. Therefore, therefore, Since he already owned the properties and the monies that he acquired through unrighteous means, this is unrighteous mammon, because he had already owned them, he should at least give alms to the poor from his ill-gotten gains to prove to God that he had repented and now had a clean heart. That's my interpretation of it. It wasn't that, I mean, Jesus was saying, look, you know, the the, the damage is already done. All this money, all this real estate, all these things that you own, you got it through greediness and wickedness. The damage is already done. The least you can do is take some of it and give it to the poor. Prove to your heavenly father that you have repented, that you're no longer Greedy and wicked. So God knows the hearts of all humans. Nobody can hide their hearts from him. Right. In Matthew 9, Jesus confronted evil hearts who were offended by Jesus's compassion on a crippled man. Yes. He entered into a boat and crossed over and came into his own city behold they brought to him a man who was paralyzed lying on a bed jesus seeing the face said to the paralytic son cheer up your sins are forgiven you behold some of the scribes said to themselves this man blasphemes then verse four jesus knowing their thoughts said why do you think evil in your hearts for which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or get up and walk But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He then said to the paralytic, get up and take your mat and go to your house. Jesus in verse four, why do you think evil in your hearts? Jesus revealed his divinity to the scribes by letting them know he discerned their motives and thoughts. He told them the real reason they objected to him healing the crippled man is because their hearts were evil. Yes. They wanted everybody in the room to believe they objected because they were righteous. And Jesus looks at him and says, no, you're evil. So a defiled heart. An impure heart cannot see God. Happy are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. This purity of heart is not merely an external ritual or avoidance of certain sins, but it's a deep inner transformation brought about by the Holy Spirit when we have faith in Christ. It leads us to a life characterized by holiness, love, devotion. And it ultimately culminates in the blessing of seeing God, both in this life and in the life to come. It goes beyond mere external correctness. It goes to a a deep desire for holiness in our heart. The purity within the heart signifies desires, affections, and motives. And there must be a transformation of these three heart issues if we hope to see God. Our desires, our affections, and our motives must be pure. A pure heart goes beyond the avoidance of sexual lust. It includes the avoidance of all lust. The lust for power, the lust for fame, the lust for wealth, the lust for acceptance, social acceptance, the lust for food, the lust for fine living, fine clothing, the lust for nice cars. It also encompasses the exclusion of all forms of of baseness in the eyes of God, hate, greed. Envy. Covetousness. These are all. um, Heart issues that are not allowed in the kingdom. Yes. Our journey. To having a pure heart begins. At the time of our salvation. God forgave. All our past sins. We came up out of the baptismal waters, washed clean. But immediately, we are cast back into a dirty, vile, ungodly world. And we live a daily battle not to allow our heart to be stained by contact with this filthy world. We all wrestle with it. Jesus spoke about evil people in the last days. Or excuse me, not Jesus, Jude. Jude spoke about evil people in the last days. He closed his epistle with this message to the saints of God. It's in verses 17 through 25. Doc, would you read that, Jude 17 through 25? Yes, sir. Let me get over there.
0: We don't read Jude very much, do we? No, it's one of those uh, uh, letters in the uh, New Testament that we kind of say, well, well, I'll get to it one of these days. Uh, 17 through 20? 25. 25, okay. Uh, Beginning at verse 17, book of Jude. But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you that there should be mockers in the last time, who should walk after their ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And if some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen.
4: Great man. So I want to focus on verses 20 through 23. But you, beloved, keep building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in God's love looking for the mercy those who are merciful shall find mercy looking for the mercy of our lord jesus christ to eternal life and then he says on some on some people have compassion on some people have compassion making Making a a distinction and some people snatch them out of the fire with fear hating even the clothing stained by the flesh what does that mean on some people unsaved people you're going to you're going to lead them to Christ by the goodness of God have compassion on them there are other people you're going to have to pull them out of the fire yes you're going to have to become aggressive with them. It says snatching them out of the fire with fire with fear. You're going to have to put the fear of hell in them. Some people won't respond to the love and the compassion. They will only respond to the fear of burning in hell. But there are others that don't need to be told about burning in hell. They just need love. They need compassion. Yes. Yes. He says make a distinction. In other words, you, the Holy Spirit will tell you which which person needs which approach. But the ones who are pulled out of the fire. Says hating even the clothing stained by the flesh. Jude said we must keep building up ourselves. That's our responsibility. Building up ourselves on our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, not just praying, praying in the Holy Spirit. It's our duty. It's our responsibility to build up ourselves in faith. It's our duty to pray in the Holy Spirit. Angels aren't going to do it for you. You and I have to do it for ourselves. It's also our duty to keep ourselves in God's love, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. Again, it goes back to the beatitude, happy are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Amen. Hey, they just came home. They're here. <laughs> Where's the corn? <laughs> They're late today. All right, they've been out having fun somewhere. Uh, pay close attention to verses 22 and 23. Jude said, some people, we should show them compassion. On others, we should snatch them out of the fire. Even even hating the clothing stained by the flesh. What is that? Again, Uh you know, I probably need a, a more t- interpretation. I believe Jude is telling us that our hearts and conducts that the hearts and conduct of some people are so repulsive and loathsome that we should view them the same way we would view a person with a highly contagious disease. A contagious, deadly disease. While we attempt to snatch them out of hell's fire, we must be careful to avoid being defiled by them. Right. As you would not even touch the clothing of a person with smallpox. You must be careful in trying to rescue some people who are covered in filthy sins that may be contagious to your heart. You know, dog uh, I know some years ago, maybe 10, 12, 15 years ago, I don't know if it's still going on today. It was never a ministry that I wanted to get into. I know that there were churches that were venturing out, sending missionary teams to bars and nightclubs. Yes. Well, we're going to go into the bars and nightclubs and we're going to befriend the people there and we're going to Christ. And I could never recommend that to anybody. And and here's my viewpoint on it. If I said, I don't need a haircut, but I went to a barbershop and sat there all day, eventually I'm going to get a haircut. That's right. So I can say, I don't drink. I don't carouse around. But if I go to a bar and I sit there long enough, I'm going to do what everybody else is doing. And I believe that this is what Jude is saying. Look, there are people you've got to pull them out of the fire, but be careful. Even their clothing is dirty. That's right. You don't want to get that disease on you. You don't want to get that virus on you.
0: There, there's a reason why there's a reason why a fireman wears all that protective gear when he goes into the into the burning fire. That's right. It's to protect him from the fire. That's right.
4: And that's why uh, first responders wear hazmat suits when there's toxic material. Yes. Can't let it touch your skin. You're going in to rescue somebody, but you can't let it touch your skin. Another verse, James 1 through 27, or not 1 through 20, James 1, verse 27. Pure religion. Pure. Yes. Pure in heart. God and the Father is this to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. James said God's definition of pure undefiled religion consists of two things. First, we must show compassion to orphans and widows in their affliction. That means being merciful. If you're merciful, you'll take care of orphans and widows. And those who are merciful shall receive mercy. But the second part of the definition of pure, undefiled religion, James said we must keep ourselves unspotted from the world. Yes. It goes back to what we were talking about with Jude. We. We cannot live in this world without being exposed to sinful things. But we are protected from exposure to sin by maintaining a pure heart. Think of a pure heart as a spiritual vaccine. Purity of heart will fight off infections from sinful influences. integrity there's a benefit of having a pure heart that's the ability to maintain your integrity in all matters of life your your integrity your purity of heart will impact your relationships with others it's difficult for others to impugn your motives and actions when everybody else knows that you have a history of pure intentions actions motives and words right when somebody is lying about you everybody else is going to say I, I don't believe it that doesn't fit his life the pure in heart serve god with undivided devotion and single-mindedness <clears throat> and that purity influences the relationships relationships are now characterized by love and selflessness A pure heart also is free from negative attitudes and emotions like pride, discontent, anger, envy. Now, let's get to the blessing. Blessed are pure in heart for they shall see God. Think about not seeing God. Let's talk about spiritual blindness. Blindness. If the pure in heart shall see God, the reverse is true. The impure in heart shall not see God. Matthew chapter 15, verses 10 through 14. Jesus, he summoned the multitude and said to them, Hear and understand, that which enters the mouth does not defile the man, but that which proceeds out of the mouth, this defiles the man. Then the disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? And Jesus answered, Every plant which my heavenly Father didn't plant will be uprooted. Leave them alone. They are blind guides of the blind. If the blind guide the blind, both will fall into the pit. There's spiritual blindness. Jesus said let them alone. That's 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 hard. He said Just, they're blind. Let them alone. They will be uprooted. They will fall into the pit and everybody that follows them will fall into the pit.
0: Right. And later on in verse 18 when uh, when Peter asked for, for you know further clarification on this, Jesus says but those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart and they defile the man for out of the heart perceive evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, faultless, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands defiles not a man. That's right.
4: I, in Morning Man, I try not to, to, to bring in politics and current affairs and such, but this is why for so many years I've, I've admonished Christians not to follow Alex Jones. I've tried to warn them. You're following a blind guide and both of you will fall into the pit. Be careful who you follow. You better make sure the person you're following has his eyes open. John 9, verse 39, Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment that those who don't see may see and that those who see may become blind. There are people today who think that they see. Jesus said, you're really blind. But I've come here to open the eyes of people who are blind. Jesus warned us about possessing and maintaining spiritual eyesight that is single, not double. Luke 11, verse 34. The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when the when thine eye is single, thy whole body also is full of light. But when your eye is evil, your body is full of darkness. The pure in heart have single vision, not double vision. Let your eye be single. Let your vision be single. Yes, You're seeking the kingdom of God. You can't have the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the world at the same time. He said, when, when you're doing that, your, your body will be full of darkness. Hebrews 12, verse 14. Follow peace with all men, and which no man shall see the Lord. Two things. Pursue peace with all people and pursue holiness. Without these two things, no man or woman shall see God. It's sobering, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's very sobering. (coughs) He didn't say, but for you, Doc, I'm going to make an exception. What For you, I'm going to give you a pass on this one. Nope. (laughs) He didn't say that. Follow peace with all men and holiness with without which no man shall see the Lord. The defiled heart cannot see God in this life nor in the resurrection. Those who are pure in heart will possess and enjoy God's presence and blessings now and forever. Jesus teaches us that the purification of the heart from all sinful affections and desires is essential for entering into the kingdom of God. Right. Without the purification of the heart through the blood of Jesus in the new covenant, there is no scriptural hope and guarantee of being with God. Those who are pure in heart are promised the privilege of seeing God. And this vision of God occurs in this life and in the life ahead. Now, in this life, none of us will see God physically with our eyes. God standing there. But how do we see him? We, th- we see God in creation. We see God in his grace. We see God in his love. We see God in his providential care of us and others. We we see God when we have fellowship with him in baptism and the Lord's Supper. We see God when we experience His faith in small, invisible ways. We see God when we have communion with Him in this life at the Lord's table, but we will have Complete communion with him in New Jerusalem. Seeing God is a special favor bestowed upon those who are pure in heart. Yes. In the Old Testament, being in the presence of kings was considered an honor. I had the honor last year of being invited to a dinner with King Abdullah of Jordan. I saw the king. With my eyes, I saw him. He was seated two tables away from me. That was an honor. When we are pure in heart, we have the honor of seeing the King of Kings. Yes. He will reveal himself to you in many ways, sometimes very personal to you that others will not understand. I could tell you stories about how God has appeared to me in the smallest, most wonderful ways, but it wouldn't mean anything to you. And you could tell me stories and it just wouldn't mean anything to me because I wasn't there. It wasn't meant for me. I see God often in nature. He does things with wildlife, with things in nature that I just know that was the Lord. He just made himself present to me. Um, I'm going to close with uh, Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof the world and they that dwell therein for he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods who will ascend into the hill of the Lord or who shall stand in his holy place he that has clean hands and a pure heart who has not lifted up his soul unto vanity nor sworn deceitfully He shall receive the blessing from the Lord and the righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob. Who will ascend the hill? The disciples were called up on the mountain with Jesus. They ascended unto the hill to be with the Lord. They stood in his holy place. Who did he call up? Those that he said, I will teach you how to have a pure heart. And they were allowed to see God. They saw God standing on the mountain. Just as Moses saw God standing on Mount Sinai. Right.
0: And Exodus 33, he says... No one can see my face and live. No one can see my face and live. And part of that pure in heart, we have to die. Mm-hmm. We have to die to see God, really. yes, That's the only way we become pure. We have to die to sin. I mean, we're dead in sin already. We're, we're, in, we're dead in sin. Uh, and we have to be transported into life. Uh, no man can see God in the flesh and live. But this promise, Jesus, you know, this is really a radical concept that he's giving his disciples. Guess what, guys? You get to see God. That was so far out of their minds that no one even was thinking about that. What do you mean we can see God?
4: Well, every, every Jew knew nobody could see God.
0: That's right. That And so and here's Jesus saying you will see God. But to say
4: he was saying it because he's saying, when you're looking at me, you're looking at God. Yes, Jesus Christ is the personification of God Almighty in this life. What we're going to see of God is Jesus Christ. Yes, when the resurrection, the day of the Lord comes, and the resurrection, we will see. God, the father in his fullness. But right now we see Jesus. And he's telling us how we shall be blessed. We have to be pure in heart. Now tomorrow, uh, Friday, uh, we will uh, study the last two. Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of God. And blessed are you when you are persecuted. So we will cover both of those tomorrow, and then next week, starting Monday, uh, there will not be any morning manna for for the five days, Monday through Friday. Doc and I will be in Barcelona, Spain, attending the Mobile World Congress. We will have True News. We'll be streaming True News from Barcelona, Spain. Right. But there will not be a morning manna class for five days. Right. So we'll be back then in in early March
0: and pick up. In Matthew chapter 5. And just a reminder, tomorrow being Friday, we'll also have communion. So we invite you, if if you've never uh, participated in communion before with us online, we invite you to do that. Uh, And so have the elements of the Lord's Supper, which includes bread and either grape juice or red wine, and join us for uh, the celebration of the Lord's Supper. We'll be doing that at the end of our Bible study on Friday. So Uh, If if you haven't had an opportunity to participate in the Lord's Supper, this is a great way for you to connect with people around the world and celebrate uh, this commemoration, the Lord's death, uh, that he instructed us to do until he comes again. There's coming a day we won't have to do it anymore. But until then, the Lord says do it to remember him. And so we invite you to participate tomorrow. So be sure to uh, be prepared for that aspect of worship tomorrow. That's right.
4: And remember, it it's the Lord's Supper. It's not the church's supper. It's not the denomination's supper. It's the Lord's Supper. He is the host who invites you to dinner. It's his it's his meal. Yes. He's the host, you're the guest, it's his table, and he serves himself for the meal.
0: I mean, it's really amazing.
4: His body and his blood. For the pure in heart, when they gather at the table, they shall see the Lord. One of the places he makes himself seen is at the Lord's table.
0: That's right. Yes, that's a good point, Rick.
4: All right, Doc, that's it for me.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today for Morning Manna. I I hope that you were well fed today. And that you uh, got a full dose today. Uh, And I'm seeing the comments here right now. People really enjoyed this study today, Rick. And so they really got a lot out of it. So Praise God for that. And if you're uh, listening at a different time of day rather than when we're live, we invite you to join us uh, live on faithvalues.com under the Morning Manor tab. We do this every weekday morning at 8 a.m. with our live Bible study that's heard Usually in about 20 countries every day, 20 or more countries every day, uh, around 400 people every day joining us. We'd like to invite you to be a part too. So come and join us live for Morning Manna. We'll have another opportunity tomorrow and on Friday. And so uh, we invite you to come and be a part of this worship in the Lord. Well, Rick, any final words before we uh, sign off and no, get true news? I'm,
4: I'm just enjoying reading the the. Uh messages that are being posted. Lisa said she's full. Tim said he's stuffed. That's what I like. I like everybody's, everybody's leaving morning manna with their spiritual tummies full. That's good. Amen.
0: Praise God. Well fed. All right. Well, on that note, uh, we uh, uh, bless everyone today. We love you very much and we want you to have a great day in Jesus and we'll see you tomorrow morning on the next edition of Morning Manna. God bless you.
4: I want to remind everybody that Every Friday, we present the Lord's Supper, Holy Communion in Morning Manna. So tomorrow, you are invited to join with brothers and sisters all over the world in a communion service. So please have bread and your choice of grape juice or red wine, and at the end of Morning Manna tomorrow, we will join together in faith, in communion with the Holy Spirit, and partake of the blood and the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to end today by reading from John chapter 6, verse 52, starting at 52. The Jews, therefore, quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood, has eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day for my flesh is food indeed and my blood is drink indeed. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him as the living father sent me and I live because of the father. So whoever feeds on me also will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers ate manna and died. He who eats this bread will live forever. Amen. Is there any doubt that communion, the Lord's Supper, is mandatory for his disciples? This isn't something that you can brush aside and say, maybe. It's mandatory. Join us tomorrow. For the Lord's meal.
1: With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.